Welcome to the Sundial Writer's Corner. I'm Dory Nutt, one of the producers of this program that puts the spotlight on local authors. Today, John Tate brings us an account of his family's road trip to remember. The story is called Spud Blue. In the late 80s, my first wife, Pam, our two kids, and I were in an 80s model Fort Taurus headed to Chatsworth, Georgia to visit my in-laws. Lisa was eight and Philip was two. We were not on the road for five minutes when Lisa yelled out, Spud Red! Just a short time later, her mother yells, Spud Yellow! Pam's family favorite road game was Spud. The first person to spot a VW bug would call Spud and its color. When Pam and I were dating, I hated hearing Spud. After arriving at Pam's mother's house, the kids and I drove down to Atlanta to visit my cousin, Jeanette. It started to rain, so we headed back to Chasworth. It started raining so hard that driving became difficult. Of course, in Atlanta, everyone drove as if it was 90 degrees and clear. Have you ever made a decision and later thought to yourself, what the hell was I thinking? I decided to leave the interstate to take the side roads. I thought it would be slower and safer with the kids in the car. The best way to describe the feeling on the side roads is the words of Ray Charles' song, A Rainy Night in Georgia. It seems like it was raining all over the world. The narrow roads and the standing water under the darkness of the thick trees made it more difficult to maneuver. By the time it was obvious that the detour was a mistake, we had traveled too far to turn back. Lisa in the front passenger seat with her seatbelt on and Philip in his car seat mounted in the center of the back seat were both quiet and the radio was off so I could concentrate. But still, the front right tire ran off the pavement, and upon correcting it, I felt the car starting to hydroplane into a 90-degree slide. At the same time, I could feel the right rear tire trying to catch on the edge of the road. If we continued in the current slide and the back tire caught, we would more than likely start a barrel roll flip down the road. However, straightening the car out meant driving off the road into the darkness, no telling how far down into the water of unknown depth. All of these calculations were made within a fraction of a second. Once the decision was made, I yelled, hold on. With a glance in the rearview mirror, I saw Philip with both hands holding firm to his car seat, his arms locked, and a determined look on his face. Out the corner of my eye, I saw Lisa pop her shoulder belt, locking it in place. I thought, how did she know how to do that? My internal prayer was, Lord, please don't let me kill my daughter this night. Sabrina, Lisa's cousin of the same age, was killed in a car accident on a Georgia side road just a couple of years before. Because of where Lisa was sitting, she was in the most danger of being killed. With a jerk of the steering wheel, we left the sounds of the tires sliding on the wet pavement and the rear tire scraping gravel. 
for a brief, surreal moment. The only sounds we heard were the raindrops pelting the top of the car and the whining noise of tires rotating freely. If I applied the brakes while we were hydroplaning, I would have lost all control. In midair, I had both feet on the brakes, hoping to stop quickly once we landed. The silence was broken by tree limbs popping and cracking, slamming against the front of the car. Just as quickly, the popping and cracking sounds were replaced by the crushing of thick underbrush. Finally, the car stopped, and we just sat a moment listening, waiting for the next thing to happen. All was still and quiet, except for the raindrops hitting the car, and the kids were okay. I had a spotlight that I plugged into the cigarette lighter and started moving the beam back and forth like a bat signal. Finally, we saw lights above and heard people yelling for us. As the lights started to beam down, I saw that we were in a 20-foot-plus ravine and the car was positioned on some thick branches, keeping it from falling into cascading water. People created a chain and pulled us out of the car. One older gentleman offered to give us a ride. Lisa surprised me again. Although she didn't know her grandmother's address, she was able to guide us to her house. The next day, I picked up the car from the tow yard. Cutting the visit short, we drove the ugly but drivable car back to Huntsville. Everyone was quiet until my daughter yelled the two most beautiful words in the world. Spud Blue! And I hear it rain falling Seems I hear your voice calling It's all right. John Tate is a contributing writer for Old Huntsville Magazine and has just completed his first novel called Protocol Clean Slate, which is based on real-life events from his life as a private investigator here in Huntsville. You can hear John's story again, along with all the other stories and poems of our Sundial writers, by going online to WLRH.org and clicking on Sundial under the Shows and Podcasts tab. And you can count on a new episode of Sundial every Monday morning at 9 here on 89.3 Huntsville Public Radio. Look at him. Neon sign of flashing, taxi cabs and buses passing through the night.